This is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and I'm tuning in to the new TNN. Pop culture addicts, uh, Johnny C here. Welcome to the new TNN podcast feed, as I, I'm sure you're aware you're there already because you pressed play. And speaking of press and play, I really up top want to say thank you for pressing play on this one. Because what the heck is Multiverse of Fabulousness Remake? Well, I'll tell you, if you're listening to this at all, you probably know me from the North South Connection Podcast Network originally. I'd be willing to bet the house on it. And you know that over on the North-South Connection Podcast Network, I do the Multiverse of Fabulousness. Now, I used to host this bad boy solo, and I experimented with all types of different episodes. You know, my first episode was uh, rebooking WrestleMania six as if 1990 WCW was hosting the event. You know, simple wrestling-to-wrestling things. Uh, And then I recast uh, the Suicide Squad with all professional wrestlers. Sort of a mix of entertainment and wrestling. But I'll tell you, and I don't remember what I did for episode three... Uh, But episode four was something special for me. What I did on episode four was I I sort of made like a documentary or a mockumentary. I don't want to call it a mockumentary because it's more of like a a documentary in the vein of like Seven Days in Hell from HBO Sports. I mean, I wish. Don't get me wrong. uh, About what would have happened to the WWF if Hulk Hogan turned heel in 1993 and formed an NWO-like stable with a various assortment of wrestlers. And it was done very tongue-in-cheekly, and it's just for humorous purposes. But I'll tell you, I really enjoyed doing it. But I went back and I re-listened to it maybe a month or so ago. And I'm not saying that the quality of my podcast is like AAA rated in terms of like how it sounds, how it feels, you know, how it's polished and everything like that. I'm not saying it's that now. But holy shit, was it bad back then? whole different audio setup. Uh, I tried to integrate like sound effects and actual music by playing it in the background like on my TV, uh, which, you know, was fun. It was fun to be goofy and silly and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, if you really want to do this thing right, you could try to do it again. And so what I've done is I've taken much like, and I'm very much inspired by the game, the video game Final Fantasy VII Remake, because I think the entire episode... Uh, of the documentary 
was an hour long. And here I'm presenting about an hour. And it's just the first third of the documentary that actually took place on the real Multiverse of Fabulousness Episode 4. So much like Final Fantasy VII Remake, I'm remaking the show and expanding the beginning section so much that you won't realize you're not getting the entire game or documentary. But like I said, um, you know, it's very much a documentary or a mockumentary or a, sh- a sketch where reality is a bit hyper uh, things didn't work out for all your favorite World Wrestling Federation superstars the way they did here in the real world. And I just, I think it's a lot of fun. And I hope you enjoy it. I hope you can catch the Easter eggs. I hope this was an endeavor. Ah, see what I did there? Uh, it's worth listening to because it was a hell of a lot of fun to make. Uh, and if you like it, throw me some feedback. Like, I'm on X at the Johnny C. Uh, it's very easy to get a hold of me. Let me know that this worked for you, and I'll continue with the sequels. You know, one of the reasons that the podcast feed has been sort of intermittent lately is this has taken oh i hate to say this because if it's awful it's like jesus it really took you that it was that hard to do and it wasn't really hard to like mix like because i told you it's not triple a but you know just trying to come up with these scenarios and scripting and i don't know i mean it's worth it but not if it's not funny i think it's a good time i think it's a fun listen but without further ado I am going to leave you for the remainder of the episode, and I'm going to ask you to travel to the Multiverse of Fabulousness remake. Hello, and welcome to the WWE Universe, to this very special edition of WWE's Behind the Curtain. I'm Sean Mooney, and today... It's the episode we know you've all been waiting for as we look back at some of the defining encounters from the annals of WWE history. And with that in mind, let's dive right in. The year is 1992, and the World Wrestling Federation, as it was known at the time, was entering a new era, as the superstars and storytellers found themselves encountering the winds of change. They say that with every peak, there must come a valley, and it appeared at the time that the raging fire of success that was ignited by the era of rock and wrestling in Madison Square Garden at the epic entertainment spectacle WrestleMania seemed to perhaps be turning a corner. But perhaps the most shocking turn of events was a sudden decline in fan interest surrounding the legendary superstar Hulk Hogan. But don't take my word for it. Let's hear from those that were involved, a very special cast of characters that will guide us through our journey. My name is Vince McMahon. I'm the chairman, founder, majority shareholder of World Wrestling Entertainment. I'm also a spatial computing venture capitalist, uh, advisor to the co-chairman of the Metrics ROI division of digital implementation for the WWE Network on Peacock. I also own a small lemonade stand at Stanford, Connecticut that maintains summer hours of 9 to 8 each and every day. Now, what we as a brand had accomplished in the 80s the unifying the various pro-wrestling territories into one geospatial conglomerate that was the World Wrestling Federation uh, was a paradigm shift in the cartoon reality space. Uh, We were able to capture the raw emotions of a generation, providing a safe haven for children and adults alike to believe in, well, dare I say, real-life superheroes of an independent contractor nature, but none was greater then Hulk Hogan. Uh, my name is Terry Bollea, uh, but I'm known the world over as Hulk Hogan. 
and I've been a professional sports entertainer for nearly 40 years. I've been on the cover of Sports Illustrated, appeared in numerous films. I once slammed an 803-pound giant in front of 193,000 people. And I'm a father of two amazing kids. You may have even heard of them. Uh, Supreme Court Justice Nick Hogan and my daughter Brooke Bolea Hogan Cena. Uh, who is the current president of WWE's social engagement click-through division, brother? And even though it sounds like a great life to have lived, I gotta be honest, brother, things really took a turn back in 1992. And I felt like at the time, we had to really turn the nose up on this thing because of fans. And I'm not sure if it was just at the times they were a changing dude, but Hulk Hogan, you know, as a brand and as a superstar, really started to plateau. You know, I ought to take a step back to dial this thing back in, brother, because the guys, you know, they had on top weren't exactly igniting like rocket fuel. My name is Brett the Hitman Hart. I'm a former one-time WWF champion. I'm the son of the great Stu Hart and a part of the strong Canadian legacy of wrestling heroes uh, that are known worldwide. Currently, I'm the third shift manager at the Guzzle & Go. Uh, that's a petrol station here in Calgary, Alberta. But uh, in 1992, I was the beaten heart of the Dub Dub F. My name is Doink the Clown. They call me a legend in the WWE. I'm not. I'm not. I was never the guy with a plan. But I was working for Vince McMahon in 1992 when Hulk Hogan left. And I was there when Bret Hart was champion as well. I knew that things were starting to not go according to plan. And when I woke up one day and I had no money, it was like someone just burned it all up. Like, it wasn't about the money. It was about sending a message. Well, the message was received. Bret Hart was failing to draw as a champion. I remember going up to Stanford, walking in the Titan Tower, and it was like everyone was losing their minds. That's true. Uh, the World Wrestling Federation was experiencing a decline in popularity around this time. Uh, the global pandemic audience, as it was known at the time, they found the appeal of Hulk Hogan, uh, as he was in his 1992 form, was no longer desirable. And myself and Terry, you know, we came up with a plan that he would maybe step away from the spotlight. Hulk had a, had a film project he wanted to work on, and we wanted to see who in our locker room could step up, you know, and grab that brass ring. Enter Brett the Hitman Hart, a superstar that often found success in tag team encounters and was establishing a bit of a following in intercontinental ranks as well. Bret Hart seemed at the time to be an overwhelming favorite in the hearts and minds of the WWF faithful. You know, there was a time in 1992 when looking to the locker room to see who could fill the void left by Hulk. R right around that time, I'll never, I'll never forget this, I'll never forget this. Uh, the amount of fan mail that came into our offices was overwhelmingly addressed to Bret Hart. I recall that Patterson and Briscoe, they, they'd wheel in all the envelopes into my office with these wheelbarrows and they'd dump them all over my desk. Of course, this enraged me as I was reviewing multiple paper-based documents at the time. But notwithstanding the, the micro level of my inconvenience, from a macro perspective, I thought, hey, well, this is really something. I feel like we've got our guy. And so in September of 1992, Bret Hart defeated then-champion Ric Flair and became an overnight sensation. His overnight ratings went from average to well below.
it was without question a disaster. You know, I kept up with the product, dude, while I was shooting my movie Rough Stuff. And I remember turning the dial to an episode of Superstars in syndication. And as soon as Bret Hart came out wearing that gold, you know, like that. You know, like in a snap, dude. I'll snap my fingers. You guys picking that up on a mic? Oh, that's right, you can see me. Well, anyway, like I was saying, as soon as he came in the view, like that, you know, the station glitched. The station glitched right over. It's like, and all of a sudden, I got Bozo the Clown on my TV show. They actually cut the feed to Superstars, brother, and they're rerunning Bozo the Clown. And there was like a little scrolling message at the bottom of the TV station that the manager of the TV station had written out. And it's like this big apology to all the viewers out there. You know, like, oh, I'm sorry, we're embarrassed to air the WS Superstar show with Bret Hart on top because we know it's really bad. He's definitely no Hulk Hogan, dude. But you know, on the flip side of that, I really like seeing old Bozizzo, you know, back on track, dude. Like, I love Bozo the Clown. You know, I guess in retrospect, it probably laid some of the seeds in my mind. Like, brother, dude, Hulk Hogan should probably be hanging out with some kind of a crazy clown on TV, dude. Yeah, Hawk told me about the Bozo story. I get it, you know. Bozo was pretty cool. Needless to say, the attempt to pivot away from Hogan to Hart was not successful. Much to the chagrin of the chairman, Hulk Hogan knew that Vince McMahon was right over a barrel, just where Hulk Hogan wanted him. And so the two met and launched a plan that would change not only the fortunes of the World Wrestling Federation on-screen product, but of the World Wrestling Federation as well. I recall it was around Christmas time in 92. I remember that your Shane and Stephanie were presenting me with a Rolex and and a beautiful handwritten note, but uh, suddenly the phone rang, and it was Terry, you know, Hulk. I immediately... Hopped on a plane right down to Tampa, you know. We we had to get this thing back on track. Hmm. Oh, that's kind of an odd saying. I don't know why I said that just now. Is that the Rolex they gave you? This watch? This watch right here? Uh, no, I'm afraid that uh, this is not that watch. Uh, the Rolex was destroyed uh, when I leaped into the air in glee to head to the phone that day in 1992. Uh, you know, but I still have the lovely handwritten note for my children. And someday soon, I intend to read it. You know, my main concern at the time was Hulk Hogan. You know, I have a family to provide for, after all. But brother, I gotta be honest, there was a part of me, too, that felt I had to do something for the company. You know, loyalty in this business is hard to come by. And I heard some rumblings, you know, from down there in Turner, in our organization down south. Uh, that my loyalty was something they were interested in purchasing. But at the time, you know, the numbers just weren't dialed in. So I figured I should, you know, go ahead and back to Vince and see if we can get this thing back on track. The genesis of the meeting was to come up with an intriguing way to bring Hulk Hogan back into the World Wrestling Federation fold. You know, we knew that there was, there'd be like a segment of the audience that just wouldn't want to experience the old Hulk Hogan song and dance. From my point of view, there was there was really only one possible way to make Hulk's return matter. And that one possible way uh, was a three-step plan. Number one, get Hulk on TV as soon as possible. Number two, get him the title. 
as soon as possible. And number three, make him the most hated man in professional sports entertainment. Whoa, dude, pump the brakes, Jack. <laughs> and that's exactly what I said, too. Hulk Hogan, a heel brother. Oh. You know, at the time, I wouldn't have even thought it was possible. I told Vince, I said, brother, I don't even think that's possible. You know, not to mention, like the ridiculous amounts of money that I made when the Kidsters were out there buying all the Hulk Hogan swag. You, know, you probably heard that old saying, you know, they showed up with a dump truck full of money. But, but that was what they literally did, dude. Like every other Tuesday, man, they just beep, beep, beep. You know, in the bills, you know, they just pile up in the driveway, falling out of that big dump truck. Here, you know, take a look at this picture right here that I keep on my desk, dude. That's Linda Hogan taking a dip in the pile of monies, dude, just swimming in cash. Yeah, brother, I'm aware she's topless in the photo. So what's the story here, camera guy? You like what you're seeing there? With Hulk Hogan's trepidations made abundantly clear, the discussions seem to be at an impasse until a chance encounter changed everything. Now we're heading into like 1993, dude. And hold on, can we pause for just a second? I'm sorry, the story. Okay, New Year's Day, 1993, dude. I got a call from Jimmy Hart, longtime personal friend, business manager, and legal beagle. And he says to me, Oh, Hawkster, you're never going to believe this. Oh, baby, it's so sad. He needs you, brother. I said, Jimmy, slow down. Get this conversation back on track. Who needs me? What is so sad? told me there was a family in London, England, dude, which is like a whole nother country. And they had a little hawkster there going through a real tough time. And he was coming, you know, he was coming, coming to the end, dude. He's being bullied in his school. And, and they caught this whole incident on video. And this little boy, you know, he's facing down three kid giants, man. They're all probably 500 pounds a piece, dude. And, and he's taking a real bad pounding. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he stands up and he starts hulking up. Like, you know, doing the hulk up motions with his hands, dude. And I guess... I guess he thought he'd get, like, you know, the power of Hulkamania surging through his veins. But, you know, nothing happened. And the bullies, they just stepped right in and just, they leveled him, dude. They put him in a coma for 16 seconds. And I knew, I knew right then and there I had to do something. These kids, these kids were out here, you know, in the real world, looking up to Hulk Hogan and just getting their asses handed to him because, you know, they thought they could hulk up, you know, and fight for what's right. You know, fight for your life and all that, Jack. And, and that that's not the legacy that Hulk Hogan wanted to leave. I knew right there from day one on this whole Hulk Hogan 2.0 thing, dude, that I wanted to start showing the kids out there, you know, a better way to fight back. You know, instead of taking a whipping, fighting back, you know, maybe start the fight. You know, maybe maybe if you're going to get in a fight, kidsters, before the fight even starts, get in a few cheap shots. You know, but most importantly, Get yourself a few lackeys. You know, people that could maybe take the beating for you, dude. 
I think that Hulk's decision was very brave. I believe that I would be sitting here in this very day saying that to you, even if we didn't make an asgiantic amount of money through this whole endeavor. Yeah, it was asgiantic is what I said. Yeah, it's a, it's a new word I've been workshopping. You like it? Now with the Hulkster on board, the wheels began to turn quickly. Hogan would return on an early episode of the WWF's now flagship program, Monday Night Raw, to rescue his friend Brutus the Barber Beefcake from the vile Money Incorporated, whom the two would face at the upcoming WrestleMania 9. His hero-based antics didn't seem to sit well with most WWE fans, and within a few weeks, the crowds in New York City became less forgiving, making it all the more clear the change was necessary. While over in the camp of the current Federation champion, Bret Hart was marching towards confrontation of his own as he was set to defend the title against the mammoth 500-pound-plus challenger of Yokozuna. And while it seemed that these two tales told the audience that the Federation was still ruled by the status quo, the closing moments of WrestleMania 9 began to lay the seeds for the Hulkster to reveal his true colors. Let's head back to the closing moments of WrestleMania 9, wherein the Hitman has fallen prey to his former challenger, who's now the champion. Oh my goodness, fans! Uh, there's old Boomer Sooner. I never expected his first WrestleMania to end under such foul circumstances. Uh, but the man you're now looking at, all 500 pounds of him, is the World Wrestling Federation champion. And you have to feel for the former champion. Look at him! Now staggering around here ringside, his eyes betraying their master at the hand of a devious samurai salt provided by Mr. Fuji. Hey, you better get it right, Ross! That's Master Fuji! He's the manager of the WWF Champion! I can't believe it's going down this way! Jack Dunny! Do the thing! Make this right! Well, Randy, I hate to cut you off, but we've got we've got some sort of a commotion! Well, it's Hulk Hogan! Hulk Hogan is here! Oh, of course he is! I bet he's here to beg Master Fuji to be his manager! Maybe then he can afford to get that eye fixed! Hogan! Oh, Mr. Fuji has a mic! Can we pick up these comments? Hawk Hogan! My Yokozuma issue a challenge. If any intestinal fortitude, you accept my Yokozuma challenge. Come on! Come on, you yellow belly! Come on! So Fuji! Fuji says that Yokozuna's issued a challenge! And the Hawkster! And the Hawkster's rolled Bret Hart out of the ring! A bit unceremoniously, uh, but it's for his own good, I suppose! Hogan is more concerned with helping his friend, Bret Hart. Wait one more second. We'll put up heavyweight belt on the line right now. If you come in the ring, come on. Let's go. You got any guts? Let's do it. Master Fuji is willing to put the title on the line right now against the Hulkster. Look at the hitman. What's what's he saying to Hogan? Terry. Terry, I can't see. Oh, Terry, I think they used real salt. My eyes... Ooh, Terry. What's that, dude? You want me to fight that 900-pound giant Yokozuma right now? Oh, no, Terry. Oh, Terry, I need a doctor. Oh, God. Fight him now, dude. That's what you're saying. Oh, please, Terry. Terry, I have a family. Okay, dude. If you say so. Bret Hart. Bret Hart's telling Hulkster to go for it. The crowd wants him to go for it, too. There he is, Alba Fuji's. Fuji's back in there. Back in his kimono. There, he's got more of that salt or whatever. Oh, right in the eyes! The eyes of Yokozuna! Hogan knocks Fuji down! 
Hogan with a clothesline! And down goes Yokozuna! Hogan drops the leg! Hogan has the cover! No! No! He's got the three! Hogan! Hulk Hogan! Hulk Hogan has won the title! Yokozuna! No! He held the title for three minutes! I don't believe this! Hulk Hogan has won the title at WrestleMania! What a startling turn of events here in the desert! Hulk Hogan has become the oasis for all the hopes and dreams of this great sport! Drink him in and feel the life's essence fill your veins! I can't hear you, Jim Ross! I can't hear you! Oh, I can't believe he figured out how to do the thing! The Hulkster's walking in a WrestleMania with the gold for an unprecedented fifth time! There's over 16,000 fans here out of their seats! Don't mess with Mother Nature! Oof! It's... It's unfathomable! Hogan, with a blessing of Bret Hart, accepted the challenge! Boozy tried for the salt! Right Hogan's face! And he avoided then Yokozuna, and Hogster took over! A new champion twice over! First Yokozuna, then the Hogster! And you gotta believe! That Bret Hart is so proud, in his soul, that Hulk Hogan was here to protect him. And fans, we've had a heck of a night. No, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, Bret, Hitman. Now fans, the Hitman has, has toppled into our announce table. And now, oh, he's falling over the security railing. And he's wandering out into the depths of these some 60,000 fans. Oh, it's different here in this arena. This stadium. It's like the Los Angeles Raiders. Had moved to Oakland. Then back to Los Angeles, only to find themselves in Oakland once again and have now relocated to here in Las Vegas and won the Super Bowl. Oh, I wish you could be with us here, because nobody does pay-per-view like the WWF, and I mean nobody! Russ, the hitman, looks to be in some serious trouble now. He's made his way outside the property and he's getting close to the freeway in the dangers of oncoming traffic. Fans, I'm sure I'll be fine. Well, now I'm getting police reports in my headset now of a man in pink tides colliding with a speeding car, but time is short. We're about your man Randy Savage, Bobby DeBrain Heenan, Grilla Monsoon, me Gene Okerlund, Caesar, Cleopatra, and the Festival Virgins. This is Jim Ross saying good night from Las Vegas. Wait, wait, who's the champion? Well, history was indeed made at WrestleMania 9, and Hulk Hogan had indeed made an impact. The wrestling world looked to its future by embracing its past. In the months following WrestleMania, Federation fans grappled with the history that was occurring before their very eyes. A night that saw three different men reign as WWF Champion and an era of untelevised Federation events that for the first time in history featured no champion. In an effort to keep the Hulk Hogan character protected until SummerSlam, the Hulkster did not appear on the many cards and superstars performed on across the country. Those duties were awarded to Bret Hart as a thank you for carrying the Federation through the dark days of late 92 to early 93. Yeah, you know, I was lucky to get the, the main event shows, you know, all over the world, even without the belt. You know, I think it was a testament to the power of the Hitman character. You know, it's we don't we don't really do this for the money, you know, the the drive-in and the miles and the, the aches and the pains and the what have you, you know, I, I, no amount of money can make up for the rush I feel from those fans. Why, did, Hulk, did, did Hogan get paid? The hitman was determined 
that the title he lost via questionable circumstances would soon once again be around his waist. And on television, he began a quest of redemption that led to the June 1993 inaugural King of the Ring pay-per-view spectacular. The first of its kind on a pay-per-view basis, the King of the Ring was intended to be an annual eight-man tournament that would test the grit and test the fortitude of WWF superstars and ultimately position the winner with a one-way ticket to the main event at SummerSlam. But the winner of the King of the Ring tournament notwithstanding, there would have to be a champion to do battle with. And as the King of the Ring pay-per-view was announced, pressure mounted from then-World Wrestling Federation President Jack Tunney in regards to one Hulk Hogan. The Hulkster would eventually respond via a pre-tape interview. It was his one and only appearance since WrestleMania. Well, let me tell you something, Hulkamaniacs. This is the WWF Champion, Hulk Hogan. And I know that there are a lot of you fans that might be wondering where I've been. Well, I've been training day and night. And I've been working on a top secret plan that I'm ready to unveil to the world right now. Feast your eyes on the brand new 25-inch pythons, dude! That's right. I gained an inch, brother, and I couldn't have done it without all of you. My personal trainers out here in Hollywood, California, dude, they've been helping me accomplish the peak of the human condition so I can rumble with the biggest giants of them all, dude. Arnold, Sly, Lundgren, the list of challengers goes on and on, dude. Hulkster, Hulkster, oh, I hate to interrupt, but I just got back from the negotiating table. Oh, and it's done. It's signed, sealed, and delivered, baby. Whoa, Legal Beagle, Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, dude. You're telling me that you went deep in enemy territory, crossing the line through the remnants of Japan, dude, hopping all over Hiroshima, and navigating right through Nagasaki. Oh, Hulkster, that's, that's a little intense, baby. Intense, little man. Let's talk intense. President Jack Tunney was getting pretty intense, asking the Hulkster to step back in the ring with that 500-ton second dunk dude named Yakazuma. And now, the legal beagle is right here telling me that it's all set. Hulk Hogan versus Yakazuma dude for the WWF title. And you're telling me right now that they agreed to the contract, Jimmy Hart? Oh, they sure did, Hulkster baby! All right! That match is going to be... June 13th at the King of the Ring in my new hometown of Hollywood, California. And I'm not going to be worried about any interference with the whole town of Hollywood's got my back, Jack. Jimmy Hart, dude! Why'd you go off the camera, brother? Why are you shaking your head? Isn't the match at the King of the Ring? Okay, it is. Isn't it in Hollywood, California, dude? It isn't. Well, where's the match, brother? Dayton, Ohio! Brother, you serious? All right, Yakazuma, that's fine by me. Because what are you going to do when Hulk Hogan charges into Japanese territory over in Dayton, Ohio, and wraps the 26-inch... Yeah, that's right. I just gained another inch right now. The 26-inch pythons around you. What you gonna do? Jimmy Hart, a word, brother! Indeed, interesting words from the Hulkster. And some actions that are somewhat out of character. As well, leaving the realm of competition to increase his visibility in Tinseltown, but nonetheless, promising to defend the gold at the King of the Ring regardless of the location. Jimmy Hart, however, 
would not make the fateful trip to Dayton, Ohio, as the next week on Monday Night Raw, while delivering the signed contracts to Yokozuna, the mustachioed madman would be assaulted and ultimately fall to the bonsai drop of the sumo warrior. And so the stage was set for our two parallel paragons as Bret Hart and Hulk Hogan arrived at the King of the Ring. Bret on his quest for redemption in the Hulkster, defending his title alone. Or was that truly to be the case? Here's a look back at the King of the Ring. Oh my goodness, fans! I wish you could be here in Dayton, Ohio, where Hulk Hogan has found his strength to chop down Yokozuna. He has the giant just where he wants him. Oh no, Mr. Fuji on the apron. Get down from there. That's not where you belong. You know, Brain, I question if his management credentials are even up to date. But a Hulkster measuring Yokozuna. And now, on the other side of the ring, a photographer. All oh, the dignitaries are here, as we mentioned, but fans, I beg you, do not try this at home. It is not worth it. Why spend a night in a slammer when you can watch Hulk, Hulk, Hulk Hogan slam? He slammed the man with 600 pounder. Oh, he's going for the leg. Hey, what's the cameraman still doing on the apron? What's he having his hand? Turn around, Hulkster. Turn around. Wait, wait, there's another man. Who is this man? He's pulled down that photographer. My God, the camera just exploded at ringside. Thank goodness the Hulkster was nowhere nearby. But he's in the ring. He drops the leg in the cover. One, two, three. Hogan is still the champion of the world. Wonderful. Can't you tell how excited I am, Monsoon? Wait. Now I can see the ca- get that camera over there. It's Hulk Hogan's mysterious defender. My my God, I know that man. That's Jim Cornette. Hey, I like that guy. Well, I'm not surprised, Brain. I've seen this man's work before, and he was as slippery as they come, always with his patented tennis racket. He is a former two-time AP Top 500 tennis player below the age of 12. And I'll tell you what, Brain, he never bought a shoe that his mama didn't tie. But what's the connection? Hogan, Hogan's now biting him in the ring. They're embracing. Well, I used to like that guy. Can it be that Jim Cornette has seen the error of his ways? He's likely here in the absence of Jimmy Hart, making sure that the Hulkster wasn't fighting this battle alone. Well, Bobby, I've always been a staunch supporter of second chances. And if it's good enough for the Hulkster, it's darn good enough for me. And look at the excitement of the Hulkster. His toughest challenger to date. Lays defeated here in the ring in Dayton, Ohio. And the fans are joining, enjoying the theatrics as well. Look! Hulk Hogan, he's playing Jim Cornette's tennis racket. Like a guitar. Oh, God, fans! I wish you could be here! And later that evening, after two grueling matches, Bret Hart was just one victory away from claiming the crown. Oh, fans! You know, there's a reason that one of these men is going to be called King. They've each battled to get here. And a winner will absolutely be royalty. But both men down now, royally exhausted from kingly combat. Do you even hear yourself, Ross? Bobby the Brain, there's no time for your snide remarks. As Bray Hart's rises to his feet. And now his opponent, Razor Ramon from Cuba. Stirring, stirring as well. Oh, both men do a vertical base. Ramon unleashes with a razor punch. Another razor punch. A third noble Bret Hart ducks. It's a goal behind schoolboy. A schoolboy. A roll-up tap maneuver. Yes. Yes. He got him. He got him. Oh, yeah. Look at that. What do you think? A two of the WWF's big studs landed on the line. A pay-per-view. Well, at least now maybe the hitman can afford to buy his parents a new house. You know, they live in a trailer with free plumbing, Ross. You and me, we call it the woods. 
Bobby the Brain, the disrespect you're showing for this man. Amongst all of his accomplishments here tonight, he's truly worthy of being called King. And though this proud Oklahomans are proud supporter of democracy, where freedom and individual property rights stand above all, where all men are equal, I can sit here and proudly say, that man is the monarch of the wrestling world. Now, let's head up to Gene, where the hitman is going to be for the coronation ceremony. Jim Ross, it is pandemonium right here in Dayton, Ohio. I don't mind telling you. Here in a city where paint drying is often the cure for boredom, I think it's safe to say that the World Wrestling Federation has set a new standard for pay-per-view excellence. Thanks in part to this man right here, Bret Hart. Congratulations on becoming the first annual King of the Ring Award winner. Now, Hitman, your crown, sir. Looks great. Spread those wings. And now let's get the cape. Fantastic. And finally, your royal scepter. Well, I don't know that he'd be the cock of the walk on the streets of Tulsa there, Brain. Uh, but look at him now. The full regalia of pomp and circumstance. I don't know, Ross. That crown looks pretty stupid. Yes, Bobby the Brain. Uh, frankly, it does. But he's got a microphone. Let's hear from our new king. <sighs> Thank you, Gene. Thank you, Dayton, Ohio. You know, I think that a, a lot of people would use this opportunity to try to convince all you people out there that you're worthy of respect or that that I'm worthy of your respect. Uh, but the respect you showed me tonight makes me sure that in my belief that I'm the one true beating heart of the WWF and I'm honored to be your king but mean gene you know royalty is a thing of the past I'm interested in the future I may wear the crown and a big thank you to the World Wrestling Federation for this crown you know cause, cause to me you know I, I couldn't think of a better accessory to wear to our important social engagement, or perhaps a ceremony, uh, because this thing is looking pretty sharp. Words right out of my mouth there, Hitman. You know, you know, Gene, you know why I wear shades down to the ring. I do it because my future is looking bright. Because right here, right now, I'm laying down a challenge to one man. And that man is none other than Ho Ho Hulk Hogan the WWF champion is here listen to this crowd oh look at that Bret Hart he's got his new associate Jim Cornette with him as well it looks like the Hawksers gonna be joining us the, the champion of the world he's coming out to celebrate this victory with his friend Bret the Hitman Hart friend have you ever actually talked to Hogan Ross? Many times, Bobby the Brain, he and I have on several not consecutive occasions. And I'll tell you, without any hesitation, usually uh, we're speaking about the Los Angeles Rams and or Los Angeles Chargers. But that's not important right now, Bobby the Brain, Heenan. We've got Bert the Hitman Hart, the new king of the World Wrestling Federation. And the current heavyweight reigning defending champion of the world, Hulk Hogan. Well, it looks like they're going to speak. Let's go hear from the Hulkster. Wow. Thank you, Dayton, Ohio! 
You know something mean, Gene. Now that I've liberated Dayton from the hands of that vile 1,300-pound warthog Yakuzuma man, this place has gone nuclear with the crowning of the very first king of the ring. And that's you, Bret Hart. Whoa, tell me all about it, Hulkster. And Bret Man, I'm so proud of you, dude. You know, after what happened at WrestleMania 9, I wasn't sure you'd ever be able to see the power of Hulkamania with your own two eyes ever again. But here you are with all the trimmings, dude. And I mean, it, it kind of looks like you got dressed in the dark, though. Uh, but Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan's never in the dark now that I've got a brand new agent watching my back, dude. That would be this man right here, Mr. Jim Cornette. It's my understanding that you've only just recently returned to the world of professional wrestling. Oh, me, Gene. Yo, it's so loud in this place. I can barely think. I can barely think about my Auntie Mama's gravy biscuits on sale at the shoe shine stand for a nickel and a smile. But you're out on the money. And my good friend, Hulk Hogan, knew the only one man for the job. There's only one man to do this. Only one man to get in this corner. Not just here in this arena, but also out there out in Tinseltown. That's right, me, Gene. You know, it's fitting. That this is the king of the ring. Because we've got the Brett Man right here. Yeah, you, you know, Hulk, if I could just... And we got my brand new agent to the stars, Jimmy Cornette. And I feel like he's the king of negotiating, dude. Because he's got me lined up for auditions all summer long. I'm booked solid, dude. And I've never been more happy. Jimmy Man! You are the king of the negotiating table. Hey, Brett Man, let me borrow that crown, dude. Jimmy, here, put this bad boy on and take a bow, dude. Look at that crown on Cordy right there. I love it. Well, Brett Man, I really appreciate you letting us take this time to end the show with the power of Hulkamania. But since I'm going to be gone all summer long, I wanted to end this show right on track, dude. And I don't want to go without letting you Hulkamaniacs know when my next big production is going to be taking place. So Jimmy Cornette, let the people know when the big premiere is going to be. Oh, thanks again, Hulkster. Oh, man, I'm just so excited to be a part of this. You know, I really feel like a king. Now, like the Hulkster said. And so we locked up the match tonight. Back there in that locker room, we started drawing up some paperwork. And I've been elbows deep in contracts, just like a plumber with a day off at Disneyland. And I'm happy to announce, then on Monday, yes, on Monday, August 30th, my man, the lead man of professional wrestling, is going to be defending the WWF title at the Palace of Auburn Heels. And we just need one more signature on these documents right here to make it official. Oh, I think I know what this means. I think I know what match we all want to see. Hulkster, say it so. Mean Gene, we always deliver with our big summer blockbusters. We just need one more signature on the dotted line. And you, Brett Man, Mr. Hart, would you do me the honor of holding my WF championship belt while I sign this document real quick? Go ahead, dude. It'll only take a second. Look at that. The name is on the dotted line. It's official. There it is! There it is! Right there, people in black and white! August 30th, Palace of Auburn Hills! Hulk Hogan will defend the WWF title against the number one contender, the Pistol, Piz Watley! Oh my goodness! That's right! Pester! I know you've been training, brother. We're gonna tear the roof off of old Detroit, dude. But the Hulkster is ready to meet the power of the piss head on, dude. 
So what you gonna do, Pistol Pants Watley, when the 27-inch pythons, yeah, I'll gain another inch, dude. They're gonna run wild on you. Come on, Cornster. Oh, how should I give Miss Crown back? No, no, dude, it looks good on you. Thanks for holding my belt, bread, dude. Oh, my goodness. What a blockbuster announcement, fans, I tell you. What a way to end the WWF's first ever King of the Ring pay-per-view spectacular. But I'd advise all you to go out there and get your tickets now before it's too late. I'm Jim Ross for Bobby the Brain Heenan. And write it down. Remember the date, August 30th, Suburban Detroit, SummerSlam. Hulk Hogan taking on the Pistol Piss Watley. Good night from Dayton, Ohio. Who? And so it appeared that the main event for the next pay-per-view spectacular SummerSlam was set. Hulk Hogan defending against Pistol Paz Watley. Of course, the biggest party of the summer would play out a little differently, as the King of the Ring, Bret Hart, would lobby then-President Jack Tunney to question the eligibility of title contention for Pistol Paz Watley, which eventually led to a face-to-face-to-face confrontation between the hitman President Jack Tunney, and the new talent agent of Hulk Hogan, Mr. James E. Cornette, which took place on the July 26th episode of Monday Night Raw. Now I would like to thank both parties for their attendance at this formalized discussion regarding the World Wrestling Federation Championship bout uh, that is currently scheduled for August 30. Summer Slam. Here representing Hulk Hogan and Pistol Paz Watley is James E. Cornette. And might I just add, Mr. Cornette, that lovely crown you've adorned atop your head is indeed a wonderful addition to your wardrobe. Oh, thank you. It's, it's, it's nice to be appreciated, Mr. President. And might I say that your toupee is one of the best I've seen. It's one of the best I've seen since Davy Crockett cleaned out the horse stalls at the Alamo on a stormy Thursday night. Thank you, James. And representing himself, the current King of the Ring award winner, former World Wrestling Federation champion, Brett Hitman Hart. And might I add, Mr. Hart, that this is a formal affair and I would ask that you kindly remove your sunglasses as we are currently indoors. You know what? That's okay, Mr. President Jack Tony, because I want everyone to see the passion in my eyes. How lovely. Now, Mr. Hart, after careful review of the paper-based documents supplied to me by Mr. Cordette, I have come to the conclusion that the contract that's been executed for SummerSlam is indeed valid. Now, if I could have your attention, calm down, please. With that being said, however, there are certain criteria that one must meet in order to challenge for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. And upon reviewing the contender status of Pistol Pez Watley, I'm afraid, Mr. Cornette, there were some irregularities. Well, that's okay, Mr. President. If you're feeling irregular, I got just a trick. 
My mama used to do the same thing for our little puppy Scraps. God rest his soul. Mama would chop up some of that ammonium and sprinkle it into a big scoop of peanut butter and Scraps wouldn't have any sphincter shenanigans for days. Here. I see. And, uh, would you happen to have any peanut butter presently? I got some right here for you, Mr. President. Very good. I will review this later in the evening. Uh, Mr. Cornett, however, these irregularities uh, center around Federation-based competition of a contractual nature. It appears that there are two major factors that may disqualify Pistol Pez Watley from participating in the proposed matchup. Number one, it appears that Mr. Watley currently maintains a record of zero wins and 35 losses here in the World Wrestling Federation, with all defeats occurring via pinfall. Number two, uh, upon an even further review, it appears that Mr. Watley is not currently under contract with the World Wrestling Federation. You know, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You see, I think it's pretty obvious what's going on here. Let me spell it out for you. And I know it's not just me. I know all my fans have seen it out there. Hulk Hogan hasn't exactly been acting like the American hero he claims to be lately. He's too busy out in Hollywood making movies to even show up to Monday Night Raw. You know, he snuck in the back door at WrestleMania. And then he even never offered me a rematch. So I went there to Dayton, Ohio and prevailed against three Fierce World Wrestling Federation competitors and became the King of the Ring. Oh, Mr. President, you know, I got a question for Mr. Hart over there. If he's the King of the Ring, where's his King of the Ring crown? Well, that is a valid concern, Mr. Hart. Can you offer any crown-based proof of your claims? Well, no, I can't. But I'm the true number one contender in the beaten heart of the WWF. Very well. Uh, after hearing arguments from both parties, my office has indeed reached a verdict. If I may please have that verdict. Thank you, Howard. Number one. Pistol Pez Watley does have a valid contract to wrestle Hulk Hogan in a match that will indeed be sanctioned by the World Wrestling Federation. If, indeed, Federation officials and doctors can validate Mr. Watley's eligibility for competition. Number two, that match will not take place at SummerSlam, and it will not be for the Federation title. Number three, as Mr. Hart cannot prove his royal status to this committee, he is not the official number one contender. And finally, number four, the status of number one contendership will be decided next week on Monday Night Raw as Bret Hart, the so-called king, will battle Jerry the actual King Lawler and the winner will face Hulk Hogan at SummerSlam. Let's now fast forward to the closing moments of that number one contenders match. At the time, it seemed as if it was simply a formality that would pave the way for the most anticipated match in World Wrestling Federation history. Of course, in retrospect, perhaps more than any, this match on Monday Night Raw painted the picture of the tyrannical reign that was indeed forthcoming. 
We're back, Vince McMahon, along with the Macho Man Randy Savage and Bobby the Brain Heenan with the main event of Monday Night Raw. Brett the Hitman Hart has Jerry the King Lawler in the corner and oh, a reverse knife-edge chop. I can feel that down here, Randy. Eh, see, this is why I'm glad I retired, McMahon. You know, they called me the Macho King. But these two in there are doing the thing of the king of the ring, so I'm happy and it makes me want to sing. Are we watching the same thing? Look at Lawler. He's fighting back. It's not over yet. Oh, well, the referee shouldn't have gotten in the way of his punch there. Yes, it appears I've heard the bell just ring. It looks like Jerry the King Lawler disqualified for punching the referee. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Doink the clown. Jerry the King Lawler's evil court jester! He's coming down the aisle with a chair! Look out, Brett! Look out! Oh, no! But the Hitman heart is down! Ha! Now, now that was funny, McMahon! No, it's not Bobby the Brain. It's a man's career that's on the line. There's nothing funny about it. Well, why don't you go do something about it, then, Savage? No, 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 Randy, Randy, I understand your passion, I understand your drive, and your love of competition, but your job is here, at ringside, with me. No, man, oh, I can't watch, no. Uh, McMahon, I gotta go do the thing. Oh, Randy Savage, the Macho King as it was. Listen to this crowd, the Macho King cleaning house. Jerry the King Lawler and Doink are fleeing. The Macho King now helping Brett the Hitman Hart to his feet. Yes! Oh, yeah! Take a look at the number one contender. And judging from his actions in the ring, it looks like you could take a look at the man that will be in the corner of the number one contender at SummerSlam. It's the King of the Ring Award winner, Brett Hitman Hart, and Macho King Randy Savage. Well, he's an announcer, McMahon, not a manager. How do you think Jack Tunney's gonna let him get away with this? Well, Bobby the Brain Heenan, you know as well as I that the Michigan Athletic Commission can authorize a 24-hour manager's license with three proofs of identification, proof of United States residency, and an unlaminated utility bill. What? What? I, I can't hear you, McMahon. I, I can't hear you. And there you have it. The main event of SummerSlam 1993 was in place. Of course, at the time, no one fan of the World Wrestling Federation could have predicted the paradigm shift that would take place at that event. Of course, we now have the benefit of hindsight here in the modern day, and we've covered a lot of ground to set the stage for the event that will change sports entertainment as we know it. And at the time, only a few individuals were aware of the earth-shattering implications. I'd like to take a moment to meet up with those involved and understand their feelings on the story leading into this matchup. So, uh, Mr. McMahon, the day of SummerSlam 1993, would you say you were nervous? Well, I I think in a world where there are an unknowable amount of words to choose from, uh, that nervous, nervous is not the one that I would use. After all, if you recall when we spoke, well, just some seconds ago, for you and I, although I would imagine that through the power of uh, video editing techniques to your viewers, it seems like much time has passed, uh, but this was my idea. Terry was the one that had to be convinced. Uh, do I look like a person that would be nervous? That my global empire would fall apart before me? When a man that's literally a hero to millions becomes a villain? Do I look like a man that would be nervous? That his beautiful home, his many automobiles, his yacht, his expensive suits, and uh, 
rather extravagantly large television screen, uh, would be lost to the various banking institutions that would come looking for their money should Hulk Hogan's betrayal ruin our brand. So, safe to say you were nervous? You know, you're fired. Get me, get a new interviewer guy in here. I don't, I don't want to talk to you ever again. So, Mr. Bolea, were you nervous the day of SummerSlam 1993? Well, brother, dude, you know, I don't know that I'd say nervous. I mean, I was so excited to get to the building. You know, that I got there early. And then I left and drove around in a circle. Came back inside. You know, paced around backstage. I went back outside to the car. Uh, I started breathing real hard into a paper bag, dude. And then I went back inside. I turned around. And then I saw a guy. I saw someone who was looking at me. So I turned back. And I kept walking into the arena like I'd just gotten there for the first time. Do I look like that type of guy, dude? You know, I was ready to inject some rocket fuel. Get this thing back on track. You know, a lot of people breathe into a paper bag for good luck, dude. It's like an ancient Chinese ritual that's been around since like the 3rd century, dude. So, uh, Mr. Doink the Clown, were, were you nervous the day of SummerSlam 1993? Oh god, no. No. Uh, this was gonna be huge for me, personally. I mean, I wrestled Crush at WrestleMania that year. And I'm not talking about the cool demolition crush, but you know, like the loser Hawaiian punch one, so this is a big step forward in my career. Uh, Mr. Brett the Hitman Hart, were you trepidatious about the outcome of your match at SummerSlam 1993? Uh, no. You know, I'd say it wasn't because, uh, well, mainly because uh, they didn't smarten me up at the time. Uh, they told me Terry was just gonna call it in the ring. Uh, you know, so that's, that's what I was led to believe. Oh, excuse me one second. Uh, pump nine. Uh, you're clear to pump your gasoline into your automobile. Uh, but please pay inside when you're done. You can come see me. Uh, Brett Hitman Hart. I'll be here at the cash register ready to take your money. Sign an autograph for your kids. I see some kids in the back seat of the car there. And if you don't want an autograph, uh... I'll probably give you one anyway, kind of a Canadian hero. We've now reached the final portion of part one of our look back at the moment that shocked the world as Hulk Hogan would turn his back on World Wrestling Federation fans. Our video technicians have prepared a special montage of this epic encounter, following which will be the conclusion of the match and the moment we've all been waiting for. Well, Bobby the Brain Heenan, here we are in the Palace of Auburn Hills, Detroit, Michigan. Brett the Hitman Hart challenges Hulk Hogan for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. The bell is rung. Both men now jockeying for position, looking for leverage. Looks like we're going for a test of strength, I see. No, Brett the Hitman Hart shoots the half, but Hogan counters. Hogan shoots for his own half. No, Brett counters. Both men up. It's a stalemate, and the crowd is on its feet. I think we're going to be in for a classic Bobby the Brain Heenan. Look at that, McMahon. These guys aren't going to hold to it for long. They're going to make their own rules in there. Well, now it looks like it's possible. Hulk Hogan going for the eyes. No, Bret Hart counters it to a sunset flip. One, two, we've got a new champion. No! 
clothesline now. No, it's ducked. Another clothesline. No, it's ducked. Oh, and they're clotheslined each other! I've never seen anything like this, McMahon! Hogan is down. Hart is down. And Jim Cornette trying to encourage his man, Hulk Hogan, as the Macho King watches on in Bret Hart's corner. You have to wonder if he's torn between these two friends. My goodness, the impact! Side Russian leg sweep! Big drop kick! Oh! It looks like Bret Hart's going for a Frankensteiner! No! 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 Powerbomb counter by the Hulkster! The Nasty Boys are just plain nasty! My goodness! You can see the struggle between these two titans! Ten minutes into the match now! Some fifteen-odd minutes into the match now! TWENTY MINUTES INTO THE MATCH NOW! They've been fighting for almost 45 minutes, Bobby the Brain! How are they still breathing, McMahon? Both men are trying to make their mark on the collective histories, past, present, future, and beyond. Jim Cornette is sweating profusely, Bobby the Brain Heenan. It's true, but his crowd still looks good, McMahon! I've never seen anything like this before in my life. No, oh, Bret Hart is bleeding! Hogan is bleeding! Who will survive? Bobby, I, I, feel, I feel like my eyes might be deceiving me. Is... Is, is it true? Is Hogan going up top, McMahon! Hogan! He leaps with a moonsault! Bret Hart locks in a sharpshooter! No! He's hulking up! I've never seen anything like this! The referee is pleading with both men! Oh no! There's been a collision! Mid-ring Bobby the Brain Heenan! The referee is down! Both men are down! Have you ever seen anything like this before? The World Wrestling Federation is unbelievable! Then you'll never see anything like this anywhere else! here challenger champion official all down the macho king is now trying to help the official wait a minute here comes doing the cloud and jerry the king lawler and they've got chairs no more clowning around mcmahon they're here to end that no good stinking hogan well you may be right as they're now standing over the hulkster poised to strike wait a minute the Macho King is chasing them away! They've run away so fast, they dropped their chairs in the ring! Look at them! Fleeing through the crowd! And now Bret Hart is up! 
Hogan is up now as well, but they see the chairs. Oh my, they each grab one. They, Bobby, they think the other was going to attack with the chair. No, Brett, Hulk, that's not what happened. Please, listen to reason. There is no reason when you're talking about the WWF title, McMahon. Look at it now. Hogan is telling the hitman that he's going to drop his chair. And the hitman looks on in agreement. Yes, sportsmanship prevails. Listen to this crowd. Bret Hart puts the chair down. And Hulk, Hulk Hogan, no, what are you? No, he swung the chair at the hitman. Oh, Bret Hart might be dead. A leg drop. The Macho King's back! He's gonna stop this! No! He tosses in the referee! Why is the referee counting? One! Two! Three! I know it! I know it! I told you for years, McMahon! Hogan's a no-good, lousy cheat! I kinda like him now. Uh, Doink the Clown! And Jerry the King Lawler! They've come back to the ring as well with the Macho King and Hulk Hogan! They've embraced! I can't believe it! What could these four men possibly have to unite them? And the fans now. Oh my goodness. Look at the garbage being, being thrown into the ring. But I, I'm getting word. Gene. Gene Okerlund. Can you hear me? Can you get down to the ring? We, can you get a word? Please. We, we have to know why this has happened. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Excuse me. Excuse me, please. Out of my way. Hulk Hogan. What in the world are you thinking? Mean Gene, the first thing you gotta do is tell these people to shut up if you want to hear what I've got to say. I have been with you for so many years. For you to join up with the likes of these three men absolutely makes me sick to my stomach. And I think that these people here and a lot of other people around the world have had just about enough of these men and this man and this man. And you want to put yourself in this group? You've got to be kidding me. Well, the first thing you gotta realize, brother, is that this right here is the future of all entertainment, dude. You can call this the Blockbuster Studio, brother, because these three men right here all rule the major forms of entertainment, brother. From Jerry the Kingfish, dude, ruling all over TV, to the late-night comedy, Doinkster, Doink the Cloud, what up, Doinkster? And don't forget about commercials. Oh, yeah. Why don't you snap into that, MK? Yeah. And who knows more about the movies than me, brother? Oh, I've been there and I've done that. You've made the wrong decision, in my opinion. Well, let me tell you something. I made the WWF a monster. I made people rich here. I made the people that run this organization rich, brother. And when it all came to pass, the name Hulk Hogan, the man Hulk Hogan, got bigger than the whole organization, brother. And then, Jimmy Cornette, amigo. Jimmy Cornette came to me, and he wanted to talk turkey with Hulk Hogan. Hey, Jimmy, look at you, brother. You still got the king's crown on, dude. I love it. And Jimmy, Jimmy Cornette, dude, he promised me movies. He promised me millions of dollars and world-caliber matches, too, because I'm bored, brother. That's why these guys here, TBS, these are the men I want as my friends. They're the new blood of all forms of entertainment, brother. And not only are we going to take over this whole wrestling business with Hulk Hogan and the new blood, the monsters with me, we'll destroy everything in our path. Mean Gene. And you know what? Enough with all this Hulk Hogan crap. My friends, my real friends, they call me 
Hollywood Hulk Hogan dude. But since you fans are too stupid to get it right, just call me Rebel H. And look at the 28 inch pythons. That's right. I gained another inch dude. Oh, look at all this crap in the ring. This is the future for you if you've chosen this path. As far as I'm concerned, all this crap in the ring represents these fans out here. You know, for nine years, brothers, I've held my head up high nine long years. I did everything for the charities. I did everything for the kidsters. And the reception I got when I came out here, oh, you fans could stick it, brother. Because if it wasn't for Triple H, you people wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for Triple H, then Vince McMahon would still be living in a trailer down in North Carolina. And if it wasn't for Triple H, all these Johnny-come-latelys that you see out here in the wrestling world wouldn't be. I've been selling out arenas, brother. And these folks are pumping gas trying to get themselves to high school. So the way it is now, brother, with Triple H and the Blockbuster Studio Wrestling, brother, me and the new blood by my side, what you're gonna do when this new organization runs wild on you? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Hey, don't touch me, I've got a fleet of lawyers! Vince! Bobby! Damn it! Let's get back to you! Alright, well... It appears we've seen the end. Hulkamania for Bobby the Brain Heenan. For me, Gene Okerlund. I'm... Vince McMahon. Hulk Hogan. Triple H. You can go to hell. We're out of here. Straight to hell! I'm Johnny C. And a winner is you.